0: Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, facilitator of all things turn on, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and lift the veil. These are the Secrets Women Keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have a guest that is cracked wide open. Her name is Genevieve Lejeune. Genevieve was made in England and is the founder of Skirt Club, Described by her a few years ago as an underground community for girls who play with girls, Genevieve notes that members are traditionally feminine, intelligent, and career-driven women. It's a club that's designed by women for women and is complete with free-flowing champagne, burlesque performers, and a place to safely take control of your sexuality. In reference to herself, she's gone on to say, I suppose that I have to say that I'm bisexual because I'm running a company for bisexual women, but I actually dislike saying that because I'm just me. And as I mentioned in the Secrets of Being Bi episode, I couldn't agree more. Genevieve, welcome to the podcast.
1: (laughs) Hello, my gorgeous. How are you doing today?
0: (laughs) Very good. I've got goosebumps running down the bottom half of my legs, which is my... um, always my big sign from the universe that something's like aligned and amazing and orgasmic. I'll be so honest, that's how I'm going.
1: You're not the first darling who's described that tingling
0: feeling to me. I'm sure I'm not. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. I am so, as I've said to you before we pressed record, I'm so excited about speaking with you. You are a dream uh, guests to have on the podcast, and I just know that my listeners are going to love this episode um, because you are a permission granter, and your movement is all about granting permission. And we can never do with like we cannot do without. We need more permission granting. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Happy
1: to grant. Uh, it's, it's a strange thing, permission. It's, I don't need to grant it to anybody, of course. I mean, it's it's for you, it's there for you to take. Uh, but um, it certainly helps push things along a little quicker. Uh, if I say, look, I'm doing it, you should too. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're not. Um, yeah. I love what you said. You're not, no one actually needs to be granted, but you. we do need to witness people going first so that we can then choose ourselves and go first. That's what I've noticed about anything that is around permission granting. So thank you for leading the way. I know that it's not been the smoothest ride and I thought that we could talk about um, the GC stuff and Please. just like the realities of um, of what it is that you have created and some of the the glorious moments and some of the more challenging times as well. So, would you be able to share with listeners um, just the quick backstory as to how what you were experiencing within yourself when you founded Skirt Club?
1: I'd be delighted to. Uh, okay, so I founded Skirt Club in 2014. I was living in London still at the time. Um <laughs> I was working in banking, so you can imagine uh, the the polarizing. <laughs> day job you know duties were quite different to what I was used to and of course for that reason it was very attractive um to to work as a party planner effectively in, um at the beginning and I was having a lot of fun really for myself um but of course you know I was uh, the mission behind that was to to be able to bring women together who were identifying as bisexual or bi-curious who had nowhere else to go it's um mm-hmm. very simple Uh, to recognize or very easy to accept and recognize uh, those who identify as gay. But then there's that gray area in the middle, uh, the spectrum, where we're not quite either. (laughs) We're both. And at that time, and still today a little, right, that that was quite taboo, Um, not really um, digested by society and needing a lot of explanation I I felt at the time I was the only girl in the world that felt like this also. Mm -hmm. So definitely needed a community and a friendship group that I could talk to about it that wasn't my regular friends or my sister, right? Sexuality is a private matter generally. And Mm -hmm. you kind of, especially with something that's a little bit different, you you, you need a friend who understands where you're coming from so they can resonate and um, you can help one another then, right? You, You can share your secrets and not feel alone. So that was my original uh, drive, you know, to build community. Um, And then a a second driver that came along, I guess, I I sort of went to a couple of play parties myself. And even though these play parties were builders, like women make the rules, they clearly weren't making any rules. And I think that was, that's just a sign of how society is. It's Mm -hmm. run by men Mm -hmm. and women, men should not have say over what happens in the bedroom entirely. Mm -hmm. Women need to stand up and speak up about what it is they desire, and for in order for that to happen, they had to also recognize what it was that they desired, and that's where I saw the big opportunity for women to start start listening to their bodies. You know, we don't do enough of that, and we certainly don't put our own happiness first—that's for sure.
0: Yeah, 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 and. For years, I worked as a sex. I worked as a sex therapist with women, solely with women, and that was the first thing that we would always cover. After covering their history, was you know what's it like to listen to your body? What does your body say? What does your body say? How do you feel right now? And when women are conditioned to trust and honor only what's going on in their mind, then we are so limit. We We face so many more limitations around our sexual expression and can fall into a trap of feeling like someone else knows what's best for our sexuality or what it is that we need or, you know, what kind of experiences would coax that out when really it comes back to exactly what you said, which is what do you feel, what do you want, what does your body say? Right. So what, what has that... Were you already very in touch with your body before you started Skirt Club, or is that something that's evolved um the more that you've explored this aspect of your life? So ironically, um I was not in touch
1: with my body at all. you know i'd uh, let's see i was i was thirty five when I started skirt club, so I was already well into my sex life, if you want to call it that, and I, and I lived with my boyfriend. Um, I had a series of steady relationships uh, where I'd lived with each partner for like five years. Um, There really was no excuse as to why I didn't understand or listen to my body, but I definitely did not put my needs first. I was very subservient and I often let him lead the way. I don't think I ever initiated sex and I was also afraid to. Uh, I didn't know what I was asking for. Often I saw it as a chore. Um, I didn't always enjoy it and I felt (laughs) like I had to please him. Because my mum told me to, <laughs> you know, and I think as young women, we are raised um, in a patriarchal sort of sense to please our men, our partners, uh, uh, keep them happy, make sure that they get everything they need and mm. low betide, if you don't, he will he will wander and it'll be your fault that he cheats. Yeah. and so that I, is, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a horrible message. It's really horrible. And that's not the truth. Um, that's what we're fed. Um, to keep us in fear of not asking for more than we should. So I really want to hear more women's voices and I want to hear them to ask for what they need and what they want, uh, because I've learned to do that later on in life. And I I wasn't that late, but, you know, later than it should have been, right? So, mm. um, you know, I, I want I want that for everybody else from, from day one, from the get-go.
0: Yes. And what have you witnessed, Genevieve, in your members? Like you've had And granted, you know, there was a bit of time there where there might have been a gap with events, but over the years of maybe seeing some of your members more than once or connecting with them online, what have you seen change in them from being in Skirt Club?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sitting right here on the front line of feminism and when we kicked off in 2014 you know that was the beginning it was right before the tidal change of feminist um feminist movement and so we had the pleasure of being right at the front of this so i get to witness um from the start very scared frightened um, shy, nervous, uh, women come forward, literally shaking at the door when they arrive for our events. <laughs> it still happens a little bit, but, you know, afraid that somebody might catch them, afraid that they'd be caught out and named as God knows what, you know, I, it's the fear again, right? And always oh, so-and-so finds out, you know, if they're going to tell my colleagues at work. It's like, wow, like, Really, do people care that much? I don't I don't know. Like, <laughs> but th- there's definitely, you know, this fear of being found out like it was mm-hmm. a crime that they were committing. Today, I mean, we're looking at the opposite. We're looking at women where with a badge of honor that says mm-hmm. I'm bi We see women marching at, at the pride parade mm-hmm. with their purple flags. You know, we see women not wanting to be straight because that's boring. You know, it's <laughs> It couldn't be more different. It's the opposite of what I started at. This is just seven years. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a change. huge
0: change in seven years.
1: Yeah, the world changed recently mm-hmm. and for the better. We are mm-hmm. way more open-minded than we used to be. I mean, I'm sitting in New York right now. We had an event on Saturday night and it was, it was great. <laughs> there was no shyness. People marching straight to the bar. Okay. And they like her and her and her and her and making that announcement and making the first moves. Like previously I'd, I'd get the, okay, Genevieve, so how do I let her know that I might be into her? What's the move I have? What do I, what are the words I have to say? It's like, I, I, th- I think you just do it with your eyes. I, I don't think you actually have to say the words, but, you know? So we've gone from, holy shit, I'm so scared to... Proud out and buy. I want all of you at once. Yes, and the confidence shift is huge, and I just love seeing that in women. It's not because it's not going to be just in the bedroom, right? And this is part of our motto: it's confidence, bedroom to boardroom. We're going to see that shine through all of her life, and that just makes for a, a better well-being for everybody uh, in humanity. I think having women shine as light, as they should.
0: Yes, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. When you go. What I learned from studying sex all those years and working with women's sexualities and learning more about myself was when you go to your most sexual self, you're going to your most vulnerable self and you, the textures and the layers that are in there, if you go there, you inadvertently learn about everything. You do. You learn about boundaries. You learn about confidence. You learn about personal power. You learn about generosity. You learn about receiving. You learn... It just is like it's the absolute nectar of our essence. And I was going to ask you um, about the catch cry of um, confidence in the bedroom, confidence in the boardroom. Can you share with listeners who might not quite understand how that how the two connect? Just what you what you've seen in the members and what you've felt in yourself when it comes to what happens in the bedroom and what happens in work. <laughs>
1: I think we've definitely witnessed an awakening, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. I could tell you as, a, as a, a shy 30-year-old, I was very much, you know, the epitome of excruciatingly embarrassed about pretty much everything that happened in my life, especially at work. And because I was working in a male-dominated industry, I felt particularly small um, I never spoke up in meetings and even though I had a very like, um, high position at work, you know, I, I, I let other people lead, even if it was my own project. I, and I look back now and I'm just embarrassed about how I used wow. to be. Like, I can't understand how me and her were the same person. Wow. My world changed when I started Scott club because I was able to just be authentic yes. for once and speak my truth and be who I really was. And as soon as that happened, something shifted inside of me. And first of all, I stopped caring what people thought, which was huge. Mm. And then, <laughs> and then second, I just started doing exactly what I wanted, you know, obviously in a polite manner, but in a way that, and I realized then of course, you you, you just manifest it, right? You say, oh, I'm going to do this. And people stand to one side and allow you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this myth. I think women, um, go by a little where they they think, well, he wants to make all the decisions, you know, he he should be the one in charge. He doesn't always want to be. Uh, I I mean, I know for a fact my husband is very happy to let let me run the show. Um, It's one less thing for him to do. So, like, don't think that they want to be the dominant partner, you know. You can be, (laughs) it can go both ways. It can be shared. You won't get too many complaints.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes the biggest reprieve, for people who have control in so many other aspects of their life, is to finally allow and surrender when it comes to um, what happens in an erotic sense, in the bedroom, in sex. Like, don't ever assume, always ask, always ask, because someone that can be someone's turn on.
1: Right. It's, and it's not always the ones you think. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. No assumptions. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the feeling or the vibration of where this movement is at right now? Like, how would you describe it?
1: Yeah, it's certainly a movement. All right. Um, oh, I feel like we're peaking. I, mm. I honestly feel like this, and then just being back in New York again, I, I, f- I just remember how strong it is here. Women are so independent. They make their own money and they buy their own tickets and they own their own sex. So that's <laughs> it's really important for them to manifest what they want, and nowhere else in the world does it as well as they do in New York, that's for sure.
0: Mm, yeah, it's a very magnetic city. So,
1: of course, I'm I'm from London originally, right? So I I, I know my own culture very well, and uh, our ladies there, they they could do with a bit more pushing. I mean, they they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they 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 all show up for the party um, and they always get involved, but they could do with a little bit more. Uh, like owning the agenda I, I think they could they could grow their confidence a bit more over there
0: yes yes and what would you attribute that cultural difference to
1: the british culture is a lot more reserved i mean of mm. course we all know that um whereas i mean I, I won't say american because it's so different across the whole mm. of the yes. u.s but new york culture is absolutely gung-ho like like the, Take no prisoners. <laughs> this is they—they will—they are go getters to the absolute extreme. It's impressive. Mm. Um, so of course, you know that can also be too direct for some other some people. So it's, it's it depends on your tastes, etc. But like I think, you know, I I look at Australian culture too. You know, we host our events in Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne. Um, and in one actually one of my favorite events ever was our Melbourne launch party, where um, <laughs> I actually flew in for this event. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I flew in for this um, the Melbourne event. It was the launch party, so I wanted to be there. We, we I had a couple of press interviews too. And um, whereas normally in London, I was used to warming the, up the crowd and. Um, getting our girls like into a position where they were comfortable uh, with exploring a little more. Um, I, did, I didn't even have an opportunity with Melvin. I, I went to the bar to grab my, my empty champagne bottle to begin a spin the bottle game. And it was ripped out of my hands and placed and somebody, somebody span it, but I mean, it didn't make a difference because everyone just jumped in the middle sort of making out with each other. So <laughs> I didn't, no encouragement needed. It was good. It was great. And I, I love how Australia doesn't, doesn't, you know, It's like, well, I'm here, so I'm going to do it. You know, there's there's absolutely no hesitation ever. Yes. It's impressive.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Melbourne's a wonderful city. Um, It's very, um, they're very sensory driven. They're very experimental. They're very experienced. Like doing experiences in Melbourne is is one of their highest values, like going out and exploring. In Brisbane, we're a little bit like the the culture is just a little bit quieter up here, but I know that the women that are um, at the helm of the Brisbane chapter of Skirt Club are just, Phenomenal and fantastic, and really getting um, the women in this region like out of their shell. And the forums just—the be- forum for the Brisbane women is just beautiful. It's like everyone's going. You're a little bit shy at first, but always get your ticket because you're going to regret if you don't go. And <laughs> it's very—it's just such a beautiful space. I just love it, and I'm so grateful to you for what you um, for what you created. That's allowed so many women to connect. Um, in this way and to have opportunities to go to events regardless of what happens at the event but to just show up going this is a mask I don't have to wear I don't have to wear the mask of straight I don't have to and for me that's really huge I'm married and I'm bi and so like not having to wear that heterosexual mask is so and granted, I took that off in 2011, but even so, it's just that there's still those those contexts that, um, you know, wouldn't be able to handle all of who I am. So being able to go somewhere where there's no mask is just liberating. Liberating. Yeah,
1: liberating in caps.
0: <laughs> liberating in caps with exclamation, right. with exclamation marks just. So thank you so much. I was just wondering, um, you know, Running, I know as a business owner, not everything is smooth and parties and celebrations. I was just wondering how have you managed um, over the years when the low points or the challenges come up in the process? Because I understand that at one point, you know, your accounts were frozen, you had like, you had, you, you succeeded in that battle eventually. But I just can't imagine when I was learning about that, I couldn't imagine the stress on your nervous system to be so immersed in your movement, but then having these other external barriers just step in and say, no, um, just what, how have you personally navigated the ups and downs of, of running skirt club?
1: Are we talking coping strategies here? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How have you, like, how have you coped? (laughs) What have you learned about yourself? Just, I think it's, it's helpful for other people, um we can just see all the, like obviously it's so gl- like it's amazing and there's always you know there's always challenges in making something as amazing as skirt club so how have you have you managed when those hard times have happened
1: yeah with difficulty i won't mm-hmm. lie there was definitely a burnout um 2 years ago um, and luckily for me the the pandemic struck uh, just as just just after that happened so i got the opportunity to actually have a break so that was in some ways a good thing. But, um, mm. you know, it's, look, um, Skirt Club's not like running any other company. Um, it's, it's not just, you know, building a community and building a website and pulling, pulling together some fabulous events. I mean, I've had the, the, the rug pulled from to my feet like at least 10 times by financial institutions or payment providers that don't agree with what we do and have decided that they will just cancel or freeze our account and our fund. Mm. So it's, it's um you know, it's not easy because also, you know, I, I run the company. On, I had at the time was running the company on my own and um, very much a, a solo entrepreneur in that respect. Uh, I worked from home and was very much in solitude for all of this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can be a bit of a workaholic. I mean, I guess that comes as no surprise, you know, it's it's been, I'd say, for the first six years, I didn't really leave my room. Um, often my husband would come from home to find me in the dark at 6 p.m., yeah. <laughs> Because I hadn't turned the lights on yet, uh, I'm still in pajamas. <laughs> so, I mean, I I can't explain the number of man hours or woman hours it's taken to to pull this off the ground, you know. And and that's building the company. And so it's it's like being shot in the back, you know, when yeah. <laughs> you finally got things going. Yes. And you know, your and your bank just goes, "Oh, sorry, we were going to freeze your assets, and you can't have access to them for two years." because we don't like what you do. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. You're just meant to be processing my money. I, yeah. Why do you have an opinion? Yes, that's right. I mean, if, I'm not breaking the law. And, um, and if someone's to tell me what I'm doing is not correct, I would like to hear that from the people that govern the country in which I am operating this business, yeah. um, not my local bank. Uh, yeah. on top of the banking situation i mean there were the local banks i mean there was hsbc and actually revolut a um, digital bank who i didn't think would even care really what the business was about um but also the payment providers so in particular paypal and stripe who actually dominate the entire market so there are very few options from other providers that's not healthy mm. um obviously some credit cards don't accept us like amex as well but um i had just i had the the huge task of trying to find a, what you call a high risk provider that would happily process our payments. Um, and I had, to, I had to go to Malta to find that, you know, um, because as there are high risk providers around, I could say maybe like 30 to 40 in, in that bracket, none of them wanted to work with us because we're not a high grossing revenue company. We're, we're not exactly Pornhub, right? So they weren't going to make enough money out of us for it to be worth their, their time and wow. their interest. So we fell down a crack uh, in the payment processing market, and I literally had one choice, uh, this this company in Malta, who I then had to code and build a system around to make it work with them. <laughs> I mean, I can't even begin to tell you what that's like, um, especially when you're not a coder yourself. Like, you really have to trust people to to build something that works and... <laughs> nothing ever works immediately. It's, everything's always full of bugs and it takes at least a year to iron out every all those bugs. Like it's, it's really not a simple process.
0: I cannot imagine the stress of that as a business owner and someone running a company, just having to face that, which so many other, which 99.9% of businesses out there would never have to, it's a challenge they would never have to encounter.
1: It was easier working in finance than working mm. in the sexual wellness industry. I never realized the world was so against it. Yeah. And i don't I'm still baffled about what they're so scared of. I really don't get it, you know. Um, although these days, there, I see there's, there's lots of um, allowances made for sex toy manufacturers and, and resellers. Um, so that seems to be okay now. But um, I think the, the real issue is that there's no category to, category to define what I do in the mm. banking world. So because they don't know It's easy to say no, Uh, yes, and nobody wants to have a conversation about it either. So there's no one I can pick up the phone to and be like, "Oh, so you know, it's actually a global community for women who identify as LGBTQ, bisexual." Like, there's no, there's no chance for that either. So, yeah, it's it's that kind of rejection on a global scale is not fun to handle when all you've done is pour your heart and life savings into creating something that benefits the world.
0: Mm, Did you think about stopping at any point during that hard time?
1: Yeah all the time Mm -hmm. it mainly because it was too much for me to Mm -hmm. because I had to handle all of it there wasn't there's nobody else um by my side that could help me and nor understand it I mean even the experts didn't have an answer like no no amount of money was going to solve it either there was there's no consultant that could come forward and be like oh here's your answer I just had to hard graft it like everything else and go do the research do the calls do, go out there and figure it out and it took yeah. me a year like it was and in that time frame of course i'm battling with the fact that i can't take credit card pay, payments on my website so <laughs> so it's just like it's just a nightmare yeah. i you know i'm taking i'm taking a, a payment via paypal or no it's called a paypal i'm banned from that one venmo or something like that right and or and then, and then of course i'm having to Issue the ticket on the back end. Like I'm I'm doing all the manual processing. Um, I don't think I really slept either. So <laughs> now of course I'm reflecting and thinking I'm a mad person. <laughs> but um I definitely had a something drove me the last seven years that I can't even explain. It was like a force of energy, yeah. And there was nobody who was going to get in my way.
0: Yeah. 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 Unstoppable so in every here. definition. <laughs>
1: yes absolutely um I, i'm a little bit smarter these days in terms of how i work i have recently hired a lot of people and um you know it's it's it it, it takes the pressure off immediately to know that you're not alone
0: yes um, yeah
1: yeah and I, I i I advise any woman who is trying to single-handedly run a business like if you can afford it get in the system because yeah. they will take that admin pain off you yep. and you can think higher you can think on a more strategic level that's right um yeah
0: yeah yeah. Agreed. Support. Every, every woman needs to be supported, especially the fiercely independent women, like especially we need to be supported. Yeah, the <laughs> That's one that's oh, of our lessons all. in this life is allowing <laughs> ourselves to be supported. Yes. We can still be driven. We can be high generators. We can go for what we want and we need to reconcile that we can be supported as we do that. <laughs>
1: And to accept it too. I mean, yeah. I had, a, I have a hard time accepting help because yeah. I'm, I'm very sort of um, fierce in that sense. You know, I can do it. I can, I don't need any, I don't need anyone's help. I've got my own cash behind this. This is my vision. I want the brand to look like this way. Therefore I'll do the design work too. You know, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's mad when you think about it, but it's, it's, it was pride. Absolutely. Um, a trust issue possibly in, in, um, you know, a, yeah I'm I'm very responsible for a lot of people's private information I'm very mm-hmm. aware of that um and I I was very reluctant to trust anybody to have access to anything uh, um, in case that was used compromise. in the wrong way yep <laughs> as a result yep. that meant I had to do all, all of my own admin to safeguard that data um I've now found systems in, in which I can manage that effectively but um, there, are, there are a lot of laws, especially in the UK, where we're based. Um, GDPR, it's called, it prevents data. Uh, you, it basically, there's a half a million pound fine if you misuse data in any way whatsoever, right? So I, I'm permanently paranoid about how
0: yeah. wow. a
1: website um, is accessed and how people's data um I, I don't know if in the US, of course, there's absolutely no laws at all. So <laughs> yeah. No, I was aware of those, I mean, the book starts with me. And, and when, um, when that's the facts, um, you really don't have a choice. You have, you have to be responsible and take care of things in minute detail. Like you, mm. you can't take risks.
0: Mm. Yeah. And what did like the irony of that when you're a, like <laughs> the irony of that, when you're all, when this club is about gently stretching and meeting those new edges and taking those risks but then you have to be as the leader of that you have to be so on guard in some ways like with the actual protection of privacy and the portal and everyone's information like the like the duality of that it's like this is a club (laughs) about being free and liberated and like be authentic and And it's like what like you have to, you have Restrict. to be in a completely different state to protect that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But for me, as long as everybody else felt liberated and had a good time, that was a that was a good deal for me. Like that was a fair trade. Like I was happy to provide the space mm-hmm. and guarantee it would be done correctly for for the good of all. Um, that that gave me enough satisfaction to continue. Um, and I think now we have a working model that. My new team will understand and respect there's there's no room for failure now, right because every, I've done it, I've figured out the process uh, with blood sweat and tears, and this is how it's going to be in you must follow this process in order for us to be kept safe so i think we're I think we're in a good spot
0: mm, yeah, more than good spot. um I wanted to ask you something we were talking about money before, and I was just wondering, sex and money. Like there's, you know, there's, there's some ideas out there that energetically sex and money reside in the lower echelons of the body, you know, sacral chakra, root chakra. Just wondering um, what's your, like what's your experience? Do you think, what's your take on the more in touch you are with your eros and your essence and your sexuality and sensuality, like does that make you more magnetic to the energy of money?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I really don't know. Um, sex and money as a relationship. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's kind of illegal. <laughs> so, if anything, it repels me, right? Because I'm thinking now about all the legalities around that. Um, yeah, I mean, you. So, I mean, I'm I'm very aware of the laws of the country I'm working in. The, the same law or appeals it is the same for everywhere, right? You you cannot sell sex like as an escort service. So you know, uh, are you're you saying, "Am I attracting money by by being sensual and sexy?" Is that? Mm. I, I don't think I don't think so. I don't think it's a, I don't think this game is about money. I think mm-hmm. this game is about um, growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and money is just a way to to transactional thing that happens in between to get that to happen. It, it's like the oil in the engine. Yeah, but I know. I think the actual the actual engine is is the growth engine, and it's for women. To become themselves, yeah, um how we get there we'll see, but it's it's um I, there there's definitely an issue with money in the sense that men usually pay for things and women aren't used to it, mm-hmm. and that's something I've really struggled to get women's heads around, yeah, because uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we, are, we he usually holds the purse strings, so you know, can I put something on the credit card, you know oh, it says skirt club. No. Uh, you know, so there's there's those barriers. Also, um, she's usually not earning in the same way he is. Mm. So she feels guilty about spending money. Um, also, she's it could be a, a mom and feels guilty about spending money that she's not giving to her children. So there's a guilt factor there. Um I think women generally would put everyone else first before themselves. Mm-hmm. So then and then to ask them to put money down for and venture that's purely for themselves it, it you need a, you need to convince them yeah um because they're not able to convince themselves mm. uh,
0: there's
1: a lot of there's a lot of things going on there I think and, and in some ways that's why I, I do love New York because they have no guilty conscience
0: yeah none, <laughs> <at all. laughs>
1: none. um but I, I do I do see women struggle pretty much everywhere else with that yeah. you know should i and i I could use the money in this way that would be better for the family you know that oh i i don't deserve it um i didn't you know i I don't earn enough money to have um, a luxury experience i'm not worth Mm. it i hear a lot of those types of messages thinking um thinking messages and i'm trying to rearrange some of those thoughts because you're always worth it and the happier she is the happier the rest of the family is too yes you know it it comes through yes everybody wants mommy to be happy and I and, yes. I and it's sad when they they think they're doing the right thing but it's not always the right thing you know the putting yourself first can have better results
0: yes that's right yeah what if it could be better than it is right now from the fact that you've put yourself first so Um, I love that that's a part of your messaging. That's a major part of my messaging. (laughs) It's like, it's like, yes, you actually, you are required to do this. You need to do this. The cost in every definition is this, 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 this. Um, and that's a big part of my work is just putting things in a different perspective for women so that they put themselves and their power first. No one benefits when you play small. No one benefits when you don't know yourself. No one benefits when you're depressed and you're looking in the mirror and you don't know who you are and you're not sure what you're made of or where your gumption is. No one benefits there is no medal or award for that. It's not coming right so, so it's, a very, so, it's, it's vital. A very strange
1: cult- yeah, it's a very strange cultural like I mean I see my mom do it still, you know, oh well, I'll go without that's fine, and I'm like, well, don't do that for me, you know. And no one, like you say, there's no medal for that. Mm. Like seriously, stop beating yourself up and thinking you're doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. Nobody wins. You're right. Nobody wins. (laughs) Nobody wins. And when I, I mean, it was such a whole body yes for me to sign up um, for Skirt Club. And I trust in the timing because it's interesting. I actually tried to sign up in 2020, but it was like the weirdest time on the planet. (laughs) I'm trying to sign up and I'm like, going, I'm not sure what happened with my application. I'm not trying, but it's okay. I was like, that's okay. I trust. And then I got distracted by 600 other things and then um, was gratefully reminded of the presence of, of Skirt Club in 2021 and signed up. Yeah. So there's just no space for that martyr mode um, when it comes to being your most empowered self. There's no space for that, like, self-sacrifice and that martyr yes. mode when it comes to yeah. being your most empowered self. And yeah, that's what I like about Skirt Club. That's <laughs> I, I don't get a whiff of that anywhere. They're being
1: encouraged to, to be selfish. And um, yeah. it's not, it's not a, an adjective that women use very often. You know, they try to be the opposite of that, like you say, the martyr. And this is the place to just be indulgent. Mm-hmm. Um, be you, enjoy yes. yourself sexually um also engage like you know enjoy each other's company talk about naughty things together and uh, I see a lot of like friendships bloom at skirt club because you know you've got your little secret together yeah. and you're both in the same boat you see each other's perspective you're like-minded you know these are huge benefits for life I and mean, a lot of relationships are taken offline there and then like, it's, um Everyone's always switching phone numbers, swapping phone numbers and business cards. some a, a lot of events. I'm like, whatever floats your boat.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Genevieve, I can't wait to attend more in-person events. I live for in-person um, events. Even though I'm an introvert, I do love, like, I save it up and then I go, woo, and then I get, like, dressed up and get very, very excited. So I just can't wait um, to go to more skirt- club events, whether it be in Brisbane or beyond, because I do like, um, to travel and now we're opening up a little bit. So, um, I just can't wait. So I really, really from the bottom of my heart want to thank you for staying the course and for, whatever it was, that force inside of you that propelled you forward, even in those really dark moments. Um, To be sitting here with you now, I'm immensely grateful. And um, I've got no doubt all of the other thousands of members around the world are immensely grateful as well that um, this could, that it could still grow and live and breathe beyond um, those challenging times. So thank you. It's my
1: pleasure. And you're making me cry. So thank you. <laughs> I Sorry, my you. I just it's adore our you. I just adore you. And I've got no
0: doubt, <laughs> even though you said the movement is peaking, there's that, like, I've got no doubt there's, like, even oh, more peaks for you <laughs> and the movement to come.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've got an army of women behind me and um, yes, I Yes, feel you it.
0: do. Yes, you do. We're here to support you. We're here to champion um, the cause and I would love it if you could tell listeners where we can find you and where we can find Skirt Club and I will put everything in the show notes
1: oh of course okay so if you'd like to become a member of Skirt Club uh, simply go to our website skirtclub.co.uk and make an application it's very quick and mm-hmm. simple um, we are also on Instagram under Skirt I think Skirt Skirt Club one word uh, and you can also follow my personal account Genevieve Lejeune Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, we're most active on Instagram, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like in like I mean, yeah, Instagram's probably the the most. It's still not the greatest space, but it's probably the best that we've got at this point in time when it comes to it'll yeah public social media. That's another conversation we can have another time. Banks, social media. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're still restricted from most things there too. Yeah. There's a great little platform out now called Please Me, which is purely for adult um, type or anything that's banned on Instagram can go there. So oh, great. <laughs> it's, okay. it's here in the US and also meaning in, in uh, European platforms as well. So look out for that. Okay, um, cool. and i'd like to take the opportunity to to thank my brisbane team because they're doing such a fabulous job putting on all these events uh oh. you know to, during the pandemic and keeping smiles on those faces so um big love to to jessica and to blair
0: yeah yeah thank you yeah they are brilliant and their energy is just you could, they are just there and um you know, we've been through our own challenging times here in Brisbane with floods and things like that and they're just like so, their energy is just there. So, um, yeah, thanks thanks to the Brisbane team and thank you to you, Genevieve.
1: Thank you, my darling. Good luck with all your endeavours.